Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. The world is filled with phenomenal historical locations. When I go to a new location, whether it's for an investigation or visiting or even just passing through, I love to learn the history of that particular area. During my road trips from Colorado to North Carolina and vice versa, a trip that I did just recently a couple weeks ago, I go through several states and see so many of the beautiful things they have to offer. Then I also have a growing list of places that I would love to go see sometime. After talking to my friend, fellow paranormal investigator, Matt Fioli, I now have a new location added to the old paranormal bucket list, Wilden Manor. Let's hear it from Gateway Paranormal Zone, Matt Fioli. I'm Matt Fioli. I'm the lead investigator and founder of Gateway Paranormal Society out of Gallatin, Tennessee. I've been investigating the paranormal for over 10 years, and Gateway Paranormal has been a team for two years. Very awesome. So, Matt, uncovering Wilden, to be honest, I've never heard of Wilden before until me and you talked about it. Sounds like quite the fascinating location. What history can you share with us about this location? So, Wilden Manor has quite a collection of different, being different buildings and businesses. It's a, it started out as a hotel, and then it burnt down. And then there was a, another hotel built in its place, uh, which was used as kind of like a layover house for rail, railroad workers. And there's a rumor and, you know, there's been some kind of facts to this as well, but the Cleveland Three Mafia back in the 20s and 30s kind of took over this building and used it as one of their, you know, businesses, I guess. They, they're running a brothel out of it. And... I'm sure there was all kinds of things that happened in there, but that part of the history is kind of wiped off. Like, we cannot find it anywhere in any kind of libraries or archives or anything of that nature. So the next thing would be it was a post office. They used to sell newspapers there. Then there was a car dealership. And then it got turned into apartments in which there was, you know, deaths that happened at the apartments and kind of, all of this history jumbled up in one one location is definitely turning out to be quite the interesting haunt that you can't really pinpoint much there. You'll pinpoint something one night and something completely different will be there. Yeah, that's that's Wheel to Manor. It's it's always changing. It's we believe there's a portal there that that's constantly having your know, spirit traffic coming coming in and coming out and it is a crazy, crazy place. Yeah, you know, it sounds like it. I was talking to fellow brother Gateway Paranormal Matt Wyatt a while back, and he was saying how um, at one point it was a brothel as well. And so you, you've got to love the history behind it, even though it's sort of mysterious because you can't, you know, you can't find some of that. But yeah, no doubt with connections to the mafia and being a hotel twice and apartments, I'm sure it's seen a number of deaths there. Now, 
out of all the paranormally active spots around you, what intrigued and interested Gateway Paranormal to do a documentary on Wilden out of all the other places? So, Wilden Manor, like I said before, is a very interesting place that not many people know about it at all. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's, I mean, it's right up there with any top-notch, you know, quote-unquote place that you would see on any of these TV shows or, you know, these people that have these bucket lists of, you know, I'll, you know my bucket list, for example, I want to go to the Black Monk House in England. Mm. Um, I want to go to, you know, Left Castle. And, you know, there's a couple places in the state that I would love to go to as well. But that place, if, if I was an outsider looking in and never been to Wilder Manor and, you know, knowing if it was on a TV show, I would say, Wilden Manor needs to be on my bucket list. I have to get there because this place is just incredible. And, you know, it was a, a hidden gem. I found it by searching Facebook. I was searching uh, hashtags and just different keywords. And this place popped up. And I was like, what is this all about? Yeah. I started trying to look into it. And I started contacting the owners. And, you know, they were telling me some of the activity that was claimed there. And, you know, a lot of it was that they kept bringing up was something negative in this building and I said, Well, we're gonna go check it out and that's where that's where it all started about almost two years ago. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Now, obviously you guys have been spending a lot of time at Wilden Manor and um, you know, while they're doing investigating and filming the documentary, you guys encountered many eerie things. First off, you you actually saw an apparition and I've seen a few apparitions in my day, and it's just one of those things that, you know, the feeling when when one encounters one, for me at least, I can't even describe it, you know, just so much is going through right. your mind and body, and it's just all your senses are at the utmost, and I don't know, there's no encounter like it. I want to hear more about this encounter that you had with this apparition. So, yeah, we were starting the night off with, we were running the spirit box through the pool, and there's all kinds of you know, cool responses and stuff coming through and shortly before I saw this apparition I was hearing stuff out in the hallway and we were, we were all kind of like hey did you hear that and they kind of stepped out of this I, well I stepped out of this area and I said y'all just wait I'm gonna go out here and look and of course there's nothing there but you know upon review the spirit box was coming through and I said it's, it's near Fioli and it came through on the uh, obelisk and said bait. And then the camera mic picked up something whispering. And then this weird white anomaly like kind of moved across the floor. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was just strange that it happened all at once. So I walked back in and the camera battery dies, of course. Right. And we get it, you know, put back together, plugged up and like, Shortly, I mean, not even a split second, I don't think she hit record yet. I looked over and this face was right behind Leanne. And yeah, that place makes you jumpy as it is. So, you know, seeing that face that was all decrepit looking and, I mean, skin sagging, it, it was crazy. You know, the, some of the guys were like, hey, man, there's there's plastic blocking some of these doors. Maybe it's reflection. And I'm like, plastic won't reflect. If that was from Leanne, Plastic will not reflect back to face if Leanne's back is towards the plastic, if that makes sense. So I was like, that's not at all what I saw. Like, this was a glowing face right beside her face. And 
spirit box, it actually said your name, Fioli. You don't hear that name very often. It's not like Smith or Tom or, you know, something like that. So that's like pretty intense stuff right there. You got to love when they say your name, when they, (laughs) you know. Oh, they say it plenty too. We uh, we'll go to new locations and I mean, it was it was viewing out Matt all the time, which is a pretty common name. But I mean, there's been locations where we've been, you know, five four hundred miles away, and that's a the only and that 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 trips me out every time. It's so cool. That is cool. Yeah, it's another neat thing that happens that you just like can't explain the feeling that you feel when it happens. Like I've had my name said a lot at investigations and sometimes I've never been to these spots before and they're far from home and some others that I've been there several times and like Fioli, Tessa, you hear Tessa or Teresa but not Tessa a lot, you know, and so it's another name that just kind of is like, okay, what's going on? Like they, they know me, I'm communicating with them and it seems like they're trying to communicate right back obviously and, you know, directly to me, not the team, but just like, you know, directly to me at that moment. And that is always so cool when that happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like it for sure. So that's pretty awesome. And then I know when we were talking the other day, we were talking about how you actually possibly dealt with a possession. I mean, it started in the basement. What did you see down there and what happened after that? So this was our second time ever going to Wilden, and this was about two years ago. We were downstairs in the basement. We had our little GoPro camera on us, and that was it at the time. But uh, GoPro cameras, you know, a little cheap IR light was what we were using at the time. But anyways, we were doing a little intro thing for the, the basement area. We were trying to make a little episode for YouTube, and Casey was running the camera, and he cuts the camera off, and I look, like, in the corner of my eye, it's pitch black down there, but in the corner of my eye, I saw something, like, very, very black on top of how black it was, and usually this doesn't happen like this, but when I turned, it was still there for a split second, and then it was gone, and it was eight or nine feet tall, shadow figure, and, you know, my first reaction was, holy crap, did you just see that, and Matt Wyatt was like, bro, I just saw that, and it was huge, and we sat there and talked about it for a second, then, you know, I realized I had a recorder in my pocket, so I had the recorder, so I did a little EVP session, and I can't remember if we actually got an EVP off of that EVP session, but either way, we start doing that, and I start getting sick, and I'm like, I do not feel right, but I wanted to keep pushing through that, I wanted to, you know, Use my energy to fight off whatever was down there, and it was. It got to the point where it was like, you know, reasonable. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't about to throw up in the basement or anything. But that why was like, hey man, why don't we, uh, why don't we do a prayer real quick and we kind of go upstairs and because we didn't have, we weren't even investigating at this point. Like people were still setting up equipment upstairs, but so we did that and kind of from that moment until. You know, we went to Subway and ate, and then we came back. And even a little bit after that, I was kind of like I was having like a, like I was inside of my body, but I was just kind of watching where I was going. Like I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. And it was very strange. I don't know what to call it. You know, the, the partial possession terminology got brought up to me recently. I don't know if I would necessarily call it that, but 
strange that I don't think I could ever come up with a name for it. Right. Yeah, and obviously doing what we do, both you and I, investigating the paranormal, the unknown, that's exactly what it is. It's so foreign and unknown, and there's always a possibility that we can, you know, get attacked, deal with a possession or an attachment. You and I have both been investigating the paranormal for around the same time, a little over 10 years. And yeah, you know, I've dealt with an attachment myself, you know, it's like, you don't know what's happening. You're, it's like, you know, your body's like going into shock and you know, you're not like alone. And it is really, really creepy. It's a really weird feeling. Nothing like it. Have you ever, prior to this event, have you ever dealt with a possession or an attachment before? Well, kind of. Not, not possession. I, I, I don't. I don't think what happened at Wilden was necessarily possession. I think it was kind of. Uh, I don't. I don't know. But it, anyways, no. I, the attachment thing. Yes. The way I got into like hardcore investigating like I have been with Gateway Paranormal. You know, my my past has been, I grew up in a haunted house. When we moved, we noticed activity there again. And now, you know, I'm hitting books up in the library. I'm trying to find out what this is all about. I start seeing TV shows coming out on it. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not crazy. So researching all this, but still noticing stuff going on. And then I think when I was... I think when I was started, was able to drive, I was able to go do like my first investigation, which was like I'm just driving to a cemetery or a abandoned building or something, you know, where I'm not really supposed to be at. But I was so intrigued by it, like I just wanted to go investigate and see what this was all about. And then when I was 18, I joined the team and we investigated that team and investigated probably two or three times. It wasn't anything serious, and then. Joined another one before Gateway Paranormal. That was about the same amount of investigations. But either way, I was living at my uh, father-in-law's house when my wife and I first got together. And I was so adamant. I was like, there's some spirit that's been following us from house to house as we were kids and, you know, growing up and stuff. And uh, my brother came over one night to Bob's house, which is my father-in-law. And I pulled out my phone, and I was like, let's do a little EVP session. And I remember their question. It was, who are you? What are you doing? Why do you keep following us? Or something along those lines. And I remember it came through clear as day. It said, don't go there. And wow. we ended up moving to some apartments and probably an hour away from there. And everything was good until it wasn't. I started noticing more and more stuff happening in my apartments. And uh, I had a buddy come stay with me for a little while. And I said, hey, man, there's something going on here, but do not interact with it in my house. And I was like, I don't know what it is. Just don't don't be investigating. Right. But, you know, I had kids and, you know, wife. I was like, I'll figure this portion of it out. Just I'm asking you, please don't try to investigate. Because he was into the paranormal as well. And next morning he goes, dude. Holy crap. You know, I had something crazy happen to me last night. And I was like, what? He's like, he was trying some kind of app on his phone. And then he woke up and he said something was staring at him at his face. And then looked over and like all the cabinets were open in the kitchen. And 
called me while I was at work and, you know, said she just heard the guitar strum or there was a toy that didn't have batteries in it that turned on at one point while I was at work. And she called me about that one. And then at night, I was sleeping. And then I started no- noticing, like, what sounded like sonic booms. Like, it was the craziest sound. And then we would, no- like, hear things in our kitchen rummaging around, like pots and pans. And But the thing that got me with all that was it was a crazy experience for me. But I had a dream that was the scariest dream to this day. I remember it point for point. But... In this dream, we had gone on vacation, and this vacation house was right next to a haunted location that was just, like, made up in my dream, but it was some, you know, a school or something that was haunted, and I remember saying, oh, we need to investigate that in my dream, but, of course, the the little place we were staying at for this, vac- this dream vacation uh, was set up just like my apartment, and from my living room, you could look down the hallway, at the very end of the hallway was my room and we laid my son down which was like one one years old at the time he wasn't really walking that great he definitely wasn't talking but he kept whining maybe quiet and whine maybe quiet and finally he came walking out of our bedroom and looked at me and goes daddy she's strong i said who's strong i walked all the way back to the room like black mat that was hard to dumb her onto the ceiling i looked at me and growled and I woke up at that point. I see this ball of light shoot across my room, and my son started screaming. I got up and had a coming to Jesus meeting in my in my apartment, and was hollering and told it it was not allowed to be in my home. And I don't know. I guess it was the passion behind it, and it was actually felt like strongly felt. But after that moment, I didn't have anything else happen in any of my homes ever again. Is just mind blowing, and it all started or intensified with your friend using that app. That is just wild, and that sounds like quite a terrifying dream. And then to wake up and actually, you know, have something happening. I'm glad that I listened to you, whatever the hell it was. I'm glad when you said, Hey, you're not welcome here, back off and back down. I'm, I'm glad that it did. Yeah, that was, uh, and even my wife, she was a skeptic for a long time. I, I was telling her about this, and, you know, something was following me from house to house. And she was like, oh, you're lying. And all this stuff started happening, and she was writing it off until she wasn't working at the time. She was staying at home with, the, with my youngest at, when we were in that apartment. But I would go to sleep, you know, at a decent time, and she would stay up reading in the bed with me, but she'd be just, you know, reading her book or whatever, or tablet or, you know, whatever it was at the time, and she said there was times where she would notice these, like, balls of light shooting at my head while I was asleep, and she, like, would try to rationalize it as being, you know, outside light, you know, maybe a car or something, and it just so happened to, you know, go down at my head or something, but then one night, and this her reaction freaked me out way, 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 way more than what she acted, what she told me. But, I mean, I thought I was going to have a heart attack because I was dead asleep. And my wife comes unglued and, like, starts, like, she screams. And she goes, where's the remote? Where's the remote? Because it was pitch black in our room. She was trying to just turn the TV on for some, some lighting. Yeah. And uh, she's, like, 
board, but 
was like a serial killer space, and it's very. To me, it would be a difficult for, for you know, if I was a spirit looking at it, it'd be kind of hard to make out. But so we used that as a factor, and then we blindfolded ourselves so we couldn't see any of it. And previous to us starting the second experiment, we started getting the name Catherine pretty heavily in that room through multiple devices, spirit box, recorder, obelisk. It was just pretty cool. So. We started this session, and you know, I asked, are you here with us? And the planchette moves to the letter Y. So I, I was, I, I didn't know this, but, you know, watching the review anyways, but moves to the letter Y, and I'm guessing, you know, yes, obviously, yeah. is what that was meaning. But then I say, okay, if there is a Catherine in here, in fact, can you spell out your name? And these next ones, I didn't hear really feel the planchette moving, but it spelled, it went to the letter C, and then Matt Wyatt said, hold on boys, hold your hands on the planchette, I'm going to spin the board. He spun the board, and he goes, okay, and I said, okay. He, he moved to the first letter, because again, I didn't feel it move to the first letter. And Matt Wyatt said, well, just give it a minute. He said, he moved to the second letter, it moved, and again, I didn't know. You can watch it in the video and say, is this thing moving? I can't, I can't tell. And everybody said, yeah, it's moving. And it spelled out C-A, and then I believe he moved the board again. He might not have, but it spelled out C-A-T. And then I said, do you want to go to true or false questions? And then it moved to true. And that was pretty much the part B of the experiment. But I thought that was super cool for an experiment and also for trying to show people, like, hey, Yes, our hands are on this thing that's moving, but there's really not any way that we know where any of these letters are at. So right. I thought that was a pretty legit experiment for us to do. Oh, absolutely. And I know there are a lot of people who, you know, it seems like everyone has an opinion when it comes to the Ouija board. Either they love them or they hate them, you know, and... I guess they do get a bad rep sometimes, but I I think they're really neat and unique. And I, you know, speaking with Robert Murch, who's like, you know, the Ouija king, they're awesome. They just have so much history behind them. And there's, oh, yeah. there's so many different ones, you know, like your guys is with, you know, you know, by a serial killer and just so many different ones. You look them up online and there's just hundreds of them. Well, I'm I'm a fan of the Ouija board, and I've had an experience or two myself, and they're phenomenal. Now I know while doing this this huge project documentary, Gateway Paranormal, you guys wanted to do experiments like the Ouija ex- experiment, and some of these people have never even thought of doing before. Me, when it comes to the paranormal and supernatural, I am really open-minded when it comes to those things. I'm usually up for anything. Let's talk about some of these incredible experiments that Gateway Paranormal has done so far. So, one of those would be the Ouija board one, which we we just talked about. Another one was we kind of hardcore made ourselves into bait. So we all discussed it. We all knew that it was about to be a really awful situation to be in, but we wanted to do it because if there is something, in fact, negative here, let's let's put ourselves out there and try to capture it, try to, you know, 
kid was uh, a bit insane, but <laughs> we, we went to the most notoriously negative part of the building where everyone has had their experiences of uh, scratches and growls and uh, you know, the shadow figures, you name it. But we call that whole area like the dark hallway as uh, three rooms in it. And each one of those rooms has like kind of like a different story. And that's kind of where they, that we believe the portal was at is in that hallway. But we all uh, got chairs out and we sat down in them, of course. Then we got tied up to the chairs and then we taped our feet together. Then we got blindfolded. And then we played a Latin prayer for 30 minutes, the first 30 minutes of us sitting there. And then we sat there for another 60 minutes. Yeah, that was a little unnerving. I could imagine. You must have felt pretty vulnerable, you know, being there at that moment. You know, those moments doing that. So Yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't the funnest thing I've ever done. But right. I knew I wanted to do it because you don't see people putting themselves out there like that. I get why. I totally understand why. But I think my, my goal and... My team's goal is to kind of put ourselves out there and let's do whatever we can to help further this field, whether it means putting ourselves in situations that others probably look at like we're crazy or reckless or whatever. We don't, I don't think we're doing anything reckless. I think that was a, a good experiment to try, but I know I'm not, I know people don't think the same way I do, but man, that's cool. All right. Um, and, but you know, Matt, the thing is though, you know, me personally, it's like, screw what other people think. It's you. It's you guys as a team that you guys are doing. You can do whatever you please. You know, you make up your own rules. You do, you know, you as a unit, you as a team, you as a band of brothers, and I know a couple sisters are in there as well. You guys do what you can do to get results. And, you know, exactly. so... You know, some people might not like it, but we're in a world where you do something and it's going to piss somebody off no matter what. So, you know, just do keep doing you and, you know, there you go. So, you know, this documentary, something you and the team have been working so hard on, what have been your most memorable moments that you can share? That is a good question. I would have to say the night two of, uh, of filming where we did the Ouija board sessions. Uh, yeah. We had the mirror. We had Black Mirror out. That whole night, we were just getting incredible responses coming through. We were having uh, dis- we had disembodied voices, rim pod activity. We were having footsteps out. I mean, you name it. And it was going on that night. It was just one of those magical nights of investigating that, you know, the reason we pretty much do this and get excited still is for those types of nights of, holy shit, we just had so much things happening. And, yeah. Like, I don't even know how to practice it right now. Right. And I, so, yeah, definitely, oh, yeah. definitely night two was the, uh, the, the taker on that. That's awesome. And you do gotta love those investigations when just like it couldn't have gone better. So much is happening, you know. I mean, it's definitely one for the books and that's great when that happens. So Matt, when will it be available for people to watch and where can they get it? 
So June 8th is going to be the actual premiere of Uncovering Wood, and it'll be on that the 
tour or investigate or any like is it open to the public or is it closed for now? Yes, you can uh, you can contact uh, the Wilder Manor Facebook page, uh, shoot them a message, and they they'll get you a reservation. You know, whatever dates good with y'all, that y'all you know work out, and just like any. a pretty incredible place for sure and next time I'm in the area as I do travel through Tennessee often I'll definitely be stopping by I can't wait to watch their documentary and as of this episode is being listened to right now you can go and check out Uncovering Wilden so be sure to check it out and a big shout out to Matt Fioli And thanks for being on, giving us an inside look into this mysterious location and also sharing some experiences and encounters that you had in your own home. Did you guys enjoy this week's episode? Check them all out. They're equally fantastic. You know people in your life that are into eerie things and the paranormal and supernatural? Tell them about the podcast. They will dig it. And subscribe now to iTunes or through Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on CastBox, Overcast, Podcast Republic, TuneIn Radio, and so much more. See you next week, my friends.